Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Today, um, I'd like to tell a story as we get started. Uh, imagine this as being a glass of water, not a plastic bottle, okay? So there is a professor who walked around on the stage while teaching stress management principles to an auditorium filled with students. As she raised a glass of water, everyone expected that she was going to do that same thing. Is this half empty or half full, uh, which has been done throughout the years? But instead, with a smile on her face, the professor said, how heavy is this glass that I'm holding? The students shouted, out answers ranging from eight ounces to a couple pounds. She replied, from my perspective, the absolute weight of this glass doesn't matter. It all depends on how long you hold it. If you hold it a minute or two, it's fine. You'll be okay. If you hold it for an hour straight, the the weight might make the arm ache a little bit. If you hold it for a day straight, your arm could likely get cramped and feel completely numb and paralyzed to the point where you drop the glass to the floor. In each case, the weight of the glass doesn't change, but the longer you hold it, the heavier it feels. She continued, your stresses and your worries in life are very much like this glass of water. Think about them for a while and nothing happens. Think about them a bit longer and you begin to ache a little. Think about them all day long and you will feel completely numb and paralyzed, incapable of doing anything anything else until you drop them. It's important to remember, she continued, to let go of your stresses and worries no matter what happens during the day. As early in the evening as you can, put all your burdens down. Don't carry them through the night and into the next day. If you will, if you still feel the weight of yesterday's stress, it's a strong sign that it's time to put the glass down. Now, that was not a Christian. That lady wasn't Christian. And so, but it was still a very good illustration about putting the glass down. And maybe for us, we would think, well, why do you want to even carry them throughout a day? Why not put them down quicker? And I totally agree with that, too. But nonetheless, she really shined a good light on what uh, some things there So myself, and some of you heard this before, but earlier in my life, I carried the glass for a while. I carried uh, cares and concern earlier in my life. It really had to do with my daughters, and, uh, and it really had an effect on me. And because I carried those things so long, it affected my body. I'll I'll mention a little bit more a little bit later. But today we're going to talk about putting the glass down. So here's 
here's just a little outline on what we're going to look at today. What are the most common worries or cares? How much time is spent worrying? How do I know if I'm worrying? What does stress do to us? God knows what we need. He made us. And how to put the glass down. So we're going to look at that today. So let's start off and let's talk about this first one. What are the most common worries or cares? So this survey was done in the United Kingdom. And I, didn't, I couldn't find the year that it was done because, you know, if we just even stop and think about what day we're living in, I'm sure this survey was done before the virus hit. Uh, and all the other things that have been going on recently that really present a, lot of, a whole new slate of things that people can carry around. But th- So when this survey was done, they had the top ten cares or worries. So starting off at number ten, it was diet. Number nine was job security. Number eight was rent mortgage payment. Number seven was credit card. Number six, low energy level. Uh, people bothered about not having the energy they want. Number five, overdrafts and loans. Number four, overall fitness. Number three, lack of savings, financial future. Number two, growing old. And for me, surprisingly, number one was overweight. So when you look at that list of ten, and if you Google, you'll see that other people do other surveys and it's not always the same. So I acknowledge that there's other things out there, not just these. And my own personal testimony, what my care for my daughters that kind of got me in trouble, it's not really on that list, you know. So I acknowledge that. But the three observations from these ten things here is they mostly fall into two categories, and that's health and finances. And it is interesting when Jesus, I mean God, not Jesus, when God delivered Israel from Egypt, They spoiled the Egyptians and left there with a bunch of wealth, but it said there wasn't one sick or feeble among them. And isn't that interesting? When they marched out of there, they were well, and they were prosperous. And so God cares about our health, and he cares about our finances. It's all through the word. So the, the three observations here, two categories, health, finances, and these are, the second thing is they're universal human concerns. They're, they're out there. And then the third thing is some of them present themselves to us for as long as we live. Now, I know that when I was young, I thought I was Iron Man. I acted like Iron Man. When somebody said, don't eat that, sometimes I purposely ate it to show that my stomach was made of iron. You know, that's the way I was growing up. I, you get older, you get wiser, you don't do stuff like that. But I did that kind of stuff. But, you know, what I, I had to cast my cares on the Lord, as I said earlier, concerning my daughters, but it was about their safety, and it was about their health. When, and that's what I uh, was dealing with. And then, of course, ministry was always a thing. But, but here's a scripture that Jesus said, and it is interesting in, in Matthew 6, about how he cares about this. So he says, Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? There's eat. What shall we drink? And what shall we wear? There's material things. For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So God knows very much. He, he knows very much what we're dealing with. He cares very much. 
and he says, do not be anxious. And so we're going to look into this further. And, and looking at this next thing is interesting. Like, here's a question. How much time is spent worrying? Second thing we want to look at. The same survey from the United Kingdom, they also did this. Of course, these are averages. These could change. Because, like I say, we're living in a whole different time. Like, think about uh, the... Re- this is very relevant. Because I know people that are thinking, should I get this vaccine? You know, the vaccine or not the vaccine. You know, the virus. You know, because of the virus, some things that happened with some of the people's work and jobs. The fact that the nations had to go into debt, you know, to, you know, all the stuff that they did to help us put nations into further debt. I mean, these are the things that are out there, you know, and, and so there's a lot more out there than normal. And uh, so even uh, when it comes to like a little side journey concerning the vaccine, I, th- I think that each Christian should pray and follow their own heart. Uh, I'm not going to tell you my personal thing because I don't feel like anyone should follow me concerning the vaccine. I feel like you should all hear from the Lord and follow after peace whether or not you take the vaccine. But I do suggest that you do seek the Lord some, I know there's a number of people in our church that are, they've already had the vaccine. And so they felt peace about it, and they went forward. And so I think everyone should make sure they follow after peace in these areas, okay? But these are all different things. So this, I don't know how long ago this survey was, but back then, here's what they said. Each week, oh, that's been up there for a while. Each week, uh, people spend 14.3 hours worrying. That equals 744 hours of worry each year which turns into 45,243 hours of worry over a lifetime. That equals 1,885 days in a lifetime spent doing nothing but worrying, which means that we spend 5.2 years of life captured by worry. So that is averages, but that's what goes on out there. And, uh, and the, the thing is, it messes with people's health. And so I just felt led to go along these lines today because I know that we believe in divine healing, and I know that we, understand, we, t- we teach authority here, we teach speak into your mountains, we call, teach calling those things that be not as though they were, all of those things, but you could do all of that and know all of that, but if you're carrying the glass around, if you're carrying that glass around, no matter what you're believing and speaking, your body's not designed to carry those cares. And we're going to look at it a little closer to, and understand it a little better from a medical perspective. But it, it, sometimes people have trouble sleeping because they, they're carrying so much. And, and the Lord, just a few scriptures, we're going to look at more scriptures, but the few scriptures that we looked at, we can see God loves us so much that he, he wants us to sleep and have peace. He really loves us. So, um, and then people have trouble concentrating sometimes because they're carrying so much weight around. It doesn't have to be this way. So here's a question like here. The third thing is, how do I know if I'm worrying? So there's three things here. Number one, when the thing you are concerned about is the first thing you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about at night. That's the first one. And even for my own testimony, because I've been so far from being perfect in this area, and I paid a price for it. But when we lived in Singapore... Our daughters could actually walk to school. It was, the school was really close. And so here's the morning time. What am I thinking about? Well, there's like what you call mosquitoes. 
as we say in Australia, mozzies, you know, and the mozzies there, at dawn and dusk, especially if there was a bite, uh, there was dengue fever. I made a mistake and said malaria in the 8.30 service. I just realized it's dengue fever in Singapore, uh, and I'm so used to going to Papua New Guinea with malaria. But um, so a mosquito bite could bring dengue fever. And what they said is young kids and older people are more at risk. Well, our kids, you know, they were smaller back then. I think their immune systems were developed, but nonetheless, I failed and I worried. So what am I thinking about in the morning? I took our daughters to school and they could have walked to school. I didn't have to take them, but I thought, man, I'm not gonna let them get out there in, in the open, and I drove them. And then we're at the office, you know, and then when school let out, I should have been doing more work, but I left Patsy there with the other people and she probably had to do some of my work, but I drove to their school and I picked them up and I took them home because I'm thinking about it throughout the day. And then before they went to bed at night, the morning to the night, I, I looked in their room to see you know, the curtains, I pulled the curtains. I, I was going like this to make sure there was no mosquito hid behind a curtain. Ma you know, making sure the windows were closed and all that kind of stuff. Because I thought, ain't gonna happen on my watch. And, and you, know, you, you know how we love our children. And uh, so, yeah, it was worrying on steroids. I needed to put that glass down and I didn't. And I had health issues. You know, especially it hit me with my digestive system was hit pretty hard. And uh, a lot of times people don't realize the digestive system, like the stomach is a thing. And when we carry worries around, it messes with that part of us, you know. And uh, good news, yeah, I had to actually get on, uh, I, I was doing Prosilac or something like that. It's like the one that came out of the UK. It solved the problem and I was on medication. But you know, I, I could, no matter what I ate, I just got so skinny, which, that is an easy way to lose weight. <laughs> Not the most pleasant way. But um, so I, that's where I was about 16, 17 years ago. And I, I can testify today, I'm not on any of that medication. Uh, I think when we moved here shortly after we moved, uh, there's a number of things that happened. It, there, there was like, a, I'll just say this now, I was going to say it later. But I had a spirit of fear that got on me, and that needed to be dealt with. But then understanding if I continue to carry worries, even if, even if by, with authority you command the spirit of fear to leave, if you keep carrying the glass around and worry, you're still opening yourself back up. So the two main things that happened with me, there was authority like commanding that spirit of fear off, but then also putting that glass down. And, and, we're, and we'll keep looking into it here. Here's the second thing. We're talking about how do, you know, how do I know if I'm worrying. So that's the first thing, thinking about something first thing in the morning all the way till night. And then secondly, when you find yourself excessively thinking about it during every spare moment. That's a little more intense. And then number three, when you find yourself bringing it up in every conversation. Well, thank the Lord that I never talked about mosquitoes and dengue fever in every conversation in, in Singapore. I didn't talk about that. But... Um, there's something else I did that I'm going to tell you a little bit later. But here's a thought. Like, we all like to be in control. Is anyone here like that? You know, my, my personality type feels more comfortable if I think I'm in control. Like, on an airplane, my wife goes asleep before the plane takes off. I stay awake usually to make sure do, they're doing everything right. 
like it makes any difference. Different people. Um, it's funny, she's sleeping. I've, I've been next to her when the plane lands and when it hits, she'll wake up, you know. <laughs> but, um, okay, so we like to be in control. Worry gives the illusion of control. Like, I, I think on a plane, I'm staying awake, but what can I do? I'm sitting back, I'm not the pilot. Should have slept. But because I think, I'm, you know, I'm in control. Now, I've gotten better at that, but in the early days, because we traveled quite a bit, and earlier on, we hit some turbulence that I've only been in at once. But you get into that kind of turbulence one time. When you're on a 747, we were over the Philippines, and it got tossed around like a little toy. Every door on the plane where the luggage was up top, every door came open and luggage flew out. The kitchen door, you know, in, in those, what do they call the, were the, the alleys, or what is it? Galley, thank you. The galleys, those doors came open, and then, you know, first class, they had the glass dishes, you know. You don't get that. But they came out, they came out and broke on the floor. I mean, it was brutal. And, and um, the plane was a little bit empty that night, and then you have these thoughts, well, I wonder if everyone listened to God and we didn't. Are we going down? Like, plane's like kind of empty here. And our two little daughters, they were young. We were, we were flying from Singapore to the States. And Lily, who the older one was, she, she, we were, all had our own rows. You know, we're, that's how empty the plane was. We all could lay down and sleep on our own four-seat rows. So Lily told us later, she started praying in tongues. She's older. And we asked Annalisa, and she goes, what does she do, twinkle, twinkle, little star? She, she was going, twinkle, twinkle, little star. I thought, we, we had some work through to teach her, didn't we? <laughs> She's come a long way. <laughs> but, um, and the pilot comes on after that and said, sorry, folks, a little turbulence there. You're right, little. Um, so, so I thought, I never want to fly again, but the work that we did required it. We were missionaries in another land. We were traveling ministers, and there was no choice. We had to fly. And I thought, I never want to get on a plane. I was like, I was, couldn't wait. But never had turbulence like that ever again. But then I had to get out of that place. You know, but that's why I would not go to sleep, okay? Recently, I've been really enjoying flying. It's, it's really enjoyable. I like it, but I, I came a long way since then. Okay, so let's talk about this. What does stress do to us? And this is from the Smithsonian Magazine. So here's what, I'm just going to, I'm going to read some of this, and some of it will go on the screen too, but I'm not putting it all on the screen because it's just maybe too much to put up there. But uh, just this is from them. We all feel stress from time to time. Remember, they're not Christian. It's all a part of the emotional ups and downs of life. Stress has many sources. It can come from our environment, from our bodies, our own thoughts, and how we view the world around us. It is very natural to feel stressed around moments of pressure, such as an exam time. But we are physio physiologically designed to deal with stress and react to it. When we feel under pressure, the nervous system instructs our bodies to release stress hormones, including, and this is why I wanted this one up. See, you got adrenaline, noradrenaline, and I was going to do a little joke there, but I, and cortisol, I was going to do all these adrenaline types, but just make them up. Sorry about that. These, pro, these produce physiological changes to help us cope 
with the threat or danger we see to be upon us. This is called the stress response or the fight or flight response. And it's interesting, when you laugh, it doesn't release those three. When we laugh, it releases um, endorphins. Thank you. Endorphins are released when you laugh, and they are really good. These things are not the same. The, the, but actually, you'll see as we read here, stress can actually be positive. So this is, we're talking about just holding the glass a little while and setting it down. Stress can actually be positive as, stress, as the stress response helps us stay alert, motivated, and focus on the task at hand. Usually, when the pressure subsides, the body rebalances and we start to feel calm again. So that's all good. But here's what it says, and this is like when you keep holding the glass, but when we experience stress too often or too long, or when the negative feelings overwhelm our ability to cope, then problems will arise. Continuous activation of the nervous system, experiencing the stress response, and that simply causes wear and tear on the body. And that's what I experience uh, in a bad way. So getting back to that, that story about Singapore, uh, to complete it and make it fuller, our girls probably were my number one worry there, but then there was the way to ministry, pioneering something new in a new place, and then something that I really shouldn't have done, I took an offense for someone else. Two of my minister friends, one of my good friends hurt another one of my good friends in the ministry, and I was really upset that he hurt him. So I took offense, and that's one of the worst things you can do when some, two people, one offends the other, but you get involved in it and you took an offense. So I was actually angry at one of my minister friends for hurting another one of my minister friends. So those, those are three things that were going on. And I was under 50 years old at the time, but I felt older than 50 because I was like under all of this weight. And I, I was carrying that glass around, so that's eventually is when my digestive system started to act up. And I remember, I'm the young guy that was like Iron Man, Iron Stomach. My stuff, I could eat anything and I never had any trouble. And here I'm just like about 48 years old or so, and, um, and it starts really acting up, okay? So here's what Jesus said in Luke 12, 25. He said, and which of you, by being anxious, which I was, can add a single hour to his life, his span of life? And the truth of the matter is, when we walk around and carry this heavy weight, we're actually taking years off of our life. And that's why I think God cares so much, and I think that's why there's so many scriptures in the Bible about peace and casting our cares on the Lord and not carrying that around. So let's look at this next thing, the fifth thing we want to look at. God knows what we need, and why is that? He made us. So just notice here, he says, uh, fear not, I am with you. Starting back in the Old Testament, before Christianity, these people back in the Old Testament, they were not born again. They, their spirits were not recreated. And if you see what the Bible says, they were dead in their sins. But even that group of people, God's telling, God cares so much about people, he was trying to help them back in the Old Testament. And the Bible says they were dead in sin. That's how much God loves people. And he says, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. 
then we come over into the New Testament, we see the same thing. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world there's tribulation. And, and it's so relevant because there's so many things going on out there. But he said, if you're in me, you can have peace. God cares about that. So anybody that's carrying stuff around, uh, we're going to have a time here where we're going to give you an opportunity to get rid of that stuff today. Second Timothy, interesting, 1-7, it says, For God gave us a spirit of not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Interesting that when God gets his spirit on the inside of us, one of the things that he gets on the inside of us is power and love, but notice also that we don't have a spirit of fear. Now, I had all that in me, but I allowed this to overrule this. And that's our challenge as Christians. The Bible talks about putting your flesh under. The Bible talks about renewing your mind. But I was allowing this and my reasoning and wrong thinking, it overwhelmed what I had on the inside of me. It even overwhelmed some of the scriptures I knew. I knew I was doing the wrong thing. And it's interesting because we think we love our children so much. And, uh, but if you really love somebody that much, you would pray for them, keep your cares cast on the Lord, and trust God for their safety. So I was deceiving myself. And for anybody that you love your children so much, for all of us, it's better to cast our cares on the Lord, keep our children in prayer that they're safe. It's a much better thing to do. Let's look at this sixth thing, and that's how to put the glass down. So this is the last thing we want to look at today. There's a few things we want to look at, but how do you put, this, how do you put the glass down? Well, here's the first one. You want to become convinced that God doesn't want you to worry. Now, we've already looked at a few scriptures, but we're going to look at a few more. And, and you know, this goes across the body of Christ. You know, when you look, uh, you know, when I grew up in church, there wasn't the internet. And, you know, you just mainly heard your pastor at church. And now there's like tons of stuff out there. And so it's up to every Christian. It's really important that everyone should study so they can rightly divide the word. But there's so much stuff out there, so there's some, there's some saying, you know, everything that happened, God's behind it. You know, if something bad happens, he planned that. He wanted to test you, which, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, my Bible says that every good thing comes down from above. You know, now God will test us concerning obedience. I always make that clear. He might say, go do this, something you don't want to do. That's a test of obedience. But he's not dropping sickness on us, and he's not causing car accidents. That's not God. And so, but so, so, so there are some that they might think, well, God gave me this so I could worry. But no, there are, Jesus said there's tribulations out there, but he said during that and in me, you can have peace. So we have to convince ourselves that God wants us to have peace in our life. So that said... Matthew chapter 6, just a few, this is what I would call a scripture shower. Just going to have some scripture showered on us because it paints that picture. Matthew 6, 34, therefore, do not be anxious. It's right there. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine. 29, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 
He wants us to be at rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That's God talk, the Bible's God talking to us. He wants us to be in peace and at rest. Look at uh, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything. Now, here, here's some instruction. If you're, you know, you're going to get rid of that, don't be anxious. But in everything, prayer, you know, and there's even that prayer of casting your care. But pray, like do something. And then it says when you do your part, God will do his part. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And, and we're going to talk about the next thing about our responsibility in God's, but you start seeing it in that scripture. And then I love Romans 14, 7. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God puts that in us, man, peace and joy. God wants us to have joy, and he wants us to be at peace. It is his will. So the first thing we said here, how to put that glass down, well, you want to get convinced that God doesn't want you to worry. Get convinced. There's plenty of scripture. I just read a few. God doesn't want us carrying that stuff around. It's not good for us. The second thing is know both God's and your responsibility. So look at Psalm 55, 22, just using a lot of scriptures here. So many of them say this. It says, cast your burden on the Lord. So that's the Old Testament. So even in the Old Testament, before they were Christian, he was saying, cast your burden on the Lord. God's cared about humanity from the very beginning. Cast your burden on the Lord. So here's thoughts about this. I can't cast yours for you on the Lord because we're talking about responsibility, God's and ours. So I can't cast your responsibility on the Lord. So you could come up to me after the service, and, and I love people and I pray for people when they ask, uh, but you could say, hey, I'm dealing with this. Would you pray about this? I could pray a very eloquent prayer. And, and even though my prayer sounded good and I could even <coughs> get, put something into it there, fervency, when you walk away from me, you're carrying a glass. You, you didn't get rid of that. You're still carrying that around. So what does that do? I mean, if you came up and said, I, I'm really concerned about this. Can you pray about it? Well, I pray a great prayer, but when you leave me, you're still carrying it. The prayer didn't do anything because you didn't get rid of it. So I can't cast yours on the Lord, and you can't cast mine on the Lord. And even most importantly, God isn't going to cast yours or mine on himself. And there's beliefs out there. So that's why we study to show ourselves approved because some people, the, what, what, when they teach, they'll make you think that God in his sovereignty is just going to come down and take your care. But God doesn't violate his word. If God says you cast your care, he's not going to do something different. So some people are thinking, man, Where's God at? I mean, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm like hurting. And like, where are you? And it's like God said, well, I gave you like this really thick book and I, I told you what to do. When you're like carrying that stuff around, man, I told you like cast it on me. Sometimes I go back to my old street days with all the mans and everything. Sorry about that. But, but it's like he said, if you're in that and you're waiting to either fill me 
or hear from me, but I've already told you, when you're in that place, cast it. Get rid of it. So he's not going to come down and do this thing. He won't violate his word. Now, sometimes if we get that way, it could be because of a wrong teaching we heard that makes us think he's going to do something. And, and, and really, he already said, this is how you do this. And so, or it could be, and we have to make sure we don't think that we're an exception. So sometimes it's from a wrong teaching, but sometimes we could think, well, I know that all the other people should do that, but I, hey, I'm special. <laughs> I'm like me. <laughs> and so, like, where are you, man? <laughs> like, I want some special treatment here. And he says, like, I said, cast my care on the Lord. That's for everybody. Okay, so that's what we see there. And then going over to 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And then how do you do that? And, and, and before we even say that, you know, sometimes we think we can solve everything ourselves, and it just takes humility to humble ourselves and give it to him. And, uh, and, and uh, I mean, especially like, you know, when I was young and, and the Iron Man stomach, but also young and tough in our 830 service, Liam was here, and Liam is really big, muscular, and I never was as big and muscular as him, but I was a little bit big and muscular, and I thought I could take care of everything. It's like we think we can solve everything, and we're big enough to do it, and then as you get older, you get more wisdom, and you realize that you can't do everything yourself, so it says, humble yourself, therefore, and then with that humility, you know, what do you, how, do you, what, how do you do that? Well, seven says, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, here's a few other translations. The King James says, casting all your cares upon him. The uh, CJB says, throw all of your anxieties upon him. The Phillips says, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him for you are his personal concern, and I like that. From the very beginning of time, God cared enough about people that he, he says, don't be anxious. From the very beginning, all the way through. And so we're his personal concern. You know, like, I know we really can confess a lot of things. Well, I, I guess today we've been the confessing church, but I'd like everyone to say that. Say, I, let's say, to, I, I, am, I am God's personal concern. One, two, three. I am God's personal concern. It's just good for us to hear that. I mean, God cares about all of us. He doesn't care about me than anyone else. This is my responsibility to stand here when I walk down there. I'm a Christian like everyone else. He cares about all of us equal. So um, let's look at this next thing. Uh, think and talk the right stuff. So it's possible to give God a care and then down the road take the care back. And why do we do that? Because I've done it. And it's because it's an ongoing situation, it's right in front of you, and it's not gone away. So we give him the care, but because it's an ongoing situation, we take it back. I've done it more than one time. If everyone's honest, you have to be, probably say the same thing. Who's ever perfect among us, please make yourself known later. I want to meet you. <laughs> but um, So there's things that we face, and then we have a tendency to take it back. So if we hear and talk the care, that is what we are feeding on. Whatever we feed on becomes the bigger thing. So what happened with me is my flesh and my mind and my reasoning overpowered 
my spirit. And so I was carrying that glass around for a couple years. I mean, when I talk about that, we lived in Singapore four years, and it was right near about three and a half years that my stomach started to act up. But I carried that, and I was younger, and I was in pretty good condition and, and strong, a little bit strong, but I carried that thing for three years, and it, it took three years, but my, it started to break me down. See, see so what I'm, I'm saying today, you know, like you might be here and you're young. You can handle more than an older person, but why not start at a young age to put the glass down? Because I, you know, I, it slowed me down a while because I carried it for so long. Okay, so um, it's important as soon as you notice that you're, I'm, I'm taking that back on again, it's really important that you just say, nope, I'm not thinking about that. I gave that to the Lord. I'm not taking it back. I'm giving that back to you. And, and it's just, it's, it's kind of like a, you, you practice that, you know, and it's, it's not always, I mean, some people might get it the first time and never think about it again and good on them. But if you're not in that category, I, I wasn't in that category. I, it was an ongoing thing and I had to deal with it, okay? So then, and, and just so you know, I don't want to like come across like I don't deal with it today because it's daily we have to do this. It's not like it goes away forever. We, we're here on the earth and there's things that try to come at us and we have to choose. Am I going to carry this? Am I going to, or am I going to give it to the Lord? And, uh, and it's a good thing to get practice in. Look at Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace who meditates on the problem, who thinks about the worry. No, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And there's that, even that last part, that's the revelation and the motivation. If you trust in him, that motivates us to cast the care. And it, it keeps our mind in peace. Then look at Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, uh, I think I said pure instead of true, but I'm not sure. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about the opposite. No. It says, think about these things. That's what he's saying. Because why he loves us and he cares about us. Now let's look at this last thing, and that's this. We're, we're, like what would we talk about so far we about um, number one get convinced it's not God's will to worry secondly know both God's responsibility and your responsibility think and talk the right stuff and then this last one give him the cares for good so like whenever anxiety comes go to him quickly and you throw it on him and give it to him now here's this word cast in 1 Peter 5, 7, when it says, cast your cares on the, on the Lord, if you go to the Greek and look up the definition of that word, it actually means to throw upon. So if we throw something upon another something, it is on that thing. So as an illustration, this is a care. I don't want to do this because it's a little heavier and if I throw it and miss, it may hit Pastor James there and hurt him. <laughs> so this is the glass, and this is care. So notice it says it means to throw upon, to throw upon. 
So it doesn't say to throw at. It doesn't say to throw your care at because when you throw it at, it falls to the ground. But it says to cast or throw upon. That's what that word cast means. So it's a great illustration that when we have those weights and cares, it says to throw them upon the Lord. In other words, they're on him. We're not throwing them at, but we're throwing them on him. He's carrying it, and we're no longer carrying it. Okay, so um, simply, God wants, he can handle them all. He can handle all of our cares. Now, there's, like I think in my heart, I'm getting ready to close here, but in my heart when I was preparing for today, I, I know that this, for some, can fix everything, but there's like two categories I had in my heart. There's a couple here, not when I say couple, not a married couple, but I mean a, a few people, that you have to do two things. You, first of all, need to speak and use your authority concerning either sickness or like where you speak to the devil even and you exercise authority and you've done that before but then what's happened you need to do that but then you need to come over here and get this part right because you've spoken and you've done that part but you've been carrying the glass around so even mainly this has to do with your health even so you think man i you know i spoke i prayed i did all that but but you're you're carrying that weight around you're carrying that glass around and you can't do that forever. It just breaks your body down, okay? So uh, I'm going to invite Naomi up here. I'm going to sh- give you an example on how you can pray, and then Naomi uh, is going to lead us in something really important. But here's an example on how you can go to the Father. Uh, you can go to him and say, Heavenly Father, I have been carrying this weight, this, this burden, this worry, this anxiety, Uh, these thoughts of this or that. I've been carrying it around for a while. There's times that I gave it to you, then I've taken it back. But Lord, today, right now, I want to give you, I'm going to throw this on you. Not at you, but I'm throwing this on you. And Father, according to your word, my responsibility is to throw it on you. And so Father, I know when I throw it on you, you have it, you're carrying it, and it's off of me. So I do that right now. I throw, and then whatever it is you're carrying, you throw it on him. There may be multiple things you're carrying. And for some, as I say, you, 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 you may have to speak and use your authority also along with this, but then you throw it on him, and you want to keep it there. And you want to, every time it tries to come back, and, and what you feed on and think, don't, don't give time to, f- don't feed on the wrong stuff. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tony. Well, I just have one more invite to add to Pastor Tony's message. Maybe you've been sitting here in the auditorium this morning or even watching online and you've been questioning whether God really cares about you, whether he can really take on your cares. Maybe you've been told that your cares aren't important to God. Well, I just want to let you know that God really does love you. He cares for you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants you to trust him with those worries and those cares. And the first step to releasing that to God is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you've never done that before, I'm going to say a simple prayer and you can say this along with me. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. 
And then he comes on the inside of you and you begin this beautiful relationship with him and he can help you carry those concerns. So we're going to pray this all together as a church family and I invite you to repeat after me. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, I acknowledge you as Lord. I acknowledge you as Lord. Come into my life. Come into my life. Set me free. Set me free. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you died on the cross. To take away my sin. To take away my sin. And that God raised you from the dead. And that God raised you from the dead. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. I receive eternal life today. I receive eternal life today. And I want to be in relationship with you. And I want to be in relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, wonderful. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we're so happy. We're so excited. This is just the beginning of an exciting journey. And we want to walk it out with you. If you're here in the auditorium today, after the service, you can head out those doors. And we have our next step station. Please do tell someone if you prayed that prayer for the first time. We want to um, equip you with some uh, resources um, that you can use as you move forward in this walk. And if you're online and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we invite you to drop a comment in the comment section below and one of our team is going to reach out to you. And then head over to our website, rhema.org.au forward slash yes. We have some more information for you there. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. She does that so well too, but well, and then it helped me because well, she did that. This word came into my heart, and so I don't know how many people it's for, but it's a simple word. The Lord is saying, You've tried for days, weeks, months to solve it yourself, to fix it yourself, and you have not yet fixed it, you have simply carried it. But today is a new day, a new dawn for you. For today is the day that you can truly give it to me, throw it upon me, and I will take it, and I will do something with it, and you can walk free, and you can be relieved of the burden and the weight. And you can experience joy, joy that you once experienced that has been robbed from you because of carrying that thing. So come to me today, for I deeply love and care for you. And I so desire to carry your weights, your cares, and your burdens, says the Spirit. We're just going to open the front up today. Um, you can sit in your seat and do this, but I've asked, I, I, I wrote these little things to help you, but this is just to help everyone. So if you put that last screen up, please, and um, notice there, it's our responsibility to give him all our cares. He offered to take all them. He made it his responsibility. That's there to help. So you can sit in your seat and get rid of some stuff or you can come up here and, uh, and, and just kneel before the Lord, whatever you desire to do. So 
Yes. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.